Trading Nut, episode 122. Sometimes you, you, your emotions get out of control because you forget things you already know, but you actually haven't mastered yet. So when you're in this sort of middle zone of like learning new aspects, maybe of your strategy, or maybe just of sort of how you ought to be handling things like with discipline in particular, if you just write it down, learn it, train it, review it before you, before the, the day starts, you kind of weaponize a little bit, right? You, you strengthen that logic such that it has a stronger impact on your mind. The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than... I could be right about the direction, but wrong about the trade. Don't focus on the monetary side. Trying to make too much money on a trade is what I have seen killed every trader. Your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes. Relax. Learn the process. Candlestick pattern trading is a freaking trap. Don't be in a rush to become a millionaire. Let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you. This podcast is not financial, trading, or investing advice of any kind. What's up, traders? Welcome to another installment of the Trading Up podcast. I'm your host, Cam Hawkins, and today we've got Jared Tendler on the show. Now, Jared is a trading mindset expert, so he wrote a book recently called The Mental Game of Trading, and we go through in this show, which is very different from our normal kind of show, we go through the five or five of the pillars that he's identified that may be afflicting you as a trader. Uh, this is a really good, insightful show if you guys want to try and improve your mindset, which we know is one of the key pillars to improving yourself as a trader. So we talk about something else called tilt, which is uh, something I'd never heard of before. And if you know what it is, well done. I've got no idea. I had no idea what it was. So we go into tilt. Um, also, what you should know is Jared is also a poker uh, esports and sports mindset coach as well. So he brings all of that to the trading space. Now, guys, before we get into the show, I do, you, do want to let you know we've got Trader versus Trader number three semifinals coming up. So stay tuned for that. If you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel, do head over there, hit subscribe, so you do get access to those live streams when they go live and you can get involved in that. Uh, also, there are some amazing videos over there that you want to check out as well whilst you're there. James Ford's one just released, which was all about price flow, how price moves from you know point to point, peak to peak, in a uh, in a forex market, so you're going to find out exactly how he does that. Pips of Persia then did another amazing one, which walks us through what really happens in a trading zone. There's also three other crypto videos which you've got to check out from Linley, which is a members only video, so you've got to join the YouTube members only area, and also Nathan Sage dropped one as well, and Andy Peters. So you've got to go and check those three crypto videos out. I'm going to try and do more crypto uh, videos for those investors or traders of crypto so please stay tuned on the channel for that what you may not know is that Lindley and Nathan were both uh, students of my robot builders club and so they've gone on to do amazing things uh, if you guys do want to come on board and get a spot in the robot builders club this I'm still taking members you're going to learn to uh, build automated fully automated or semi-automated trading robots for mt4 or mt5 uh, trading platforms it's a video course. There's no coding required at all. We use a tool to do this, and you can build virtually anything you want. All right, guys, time to get on with the show. 
After you've finished listening or watching to the show, do remember we've got the Trading Nut merch store as well. So if you do want to pick up some merch and be seen out and about uh, as a trading nut, then you know where to go. All right, folks. Oh, last but not least, we are dropping another, talking about videos, we're dropping in another amazing video this week with Matthew Todd, where he walks through how to really break down market structure. All right, guys. All that's coming up, but for now, let's get on with the interview with Jared. Whether you're a struggling trader or a profitable trader, our sponsor, City Traders Imperium, are offering you the chance to become a fully backed Forex trader. That's right, get coached and funded with CTI today. All right, folks, we've got Jared Tendler here on the show. Now, Jared is the author of a book that's just been released called The Mental Game of Trading. So welcome to the show, Jared. Thanks, Cam. Good to be here, man. Um, so today we get, we, we're going to basically sort of dive into like what the, what the book answers, I think, and a few other trading psychology uh, kind of things that try and help the guys out that are listening really sort of get a grip around uh, what they can do to try and improve their mindset. And I, I ask all my guests on the show, like these are guys who are just traders, uh, you know, what's your sort of hack? What's your tip? What, what can they do around their mindset? So I'm interested to hear sort of, I suppose, first of all, your story, your background, and then um, possibly how, how we can help out some of the guys in the audience here with, with their mindset uh, issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy to help. I mean, I think uh, I'll have a, a slightly different perspective. You know, I'm not a trader. Um, I'm also not a poker player and I'm not an esport athlete. And those are three industries that I've worked very successfully in, um, having, you know, known sort of peripherally, you know, about them. I mean, I've been involved in the market since I was 13, but I wouldn't call myself a trader. Um, no, I was a golfer uh, and an aspiring professional, and that's kind of what got me into this field. Um, you know, kind of reached a point where my technical skill maxed out, um, uh, but my mental skill was lagging uh, quite quite badly. And I was a three-time All-American in college and won nine times, but when I would go to play in some big events like trying to qualify for the U.S. Open, trying to qualify for the U.S. Amateur, uh, I was basically just choking, I and mean, there's no kind of ways around it. Uh, you know, and, and for me that, that sort of showed up on the putting green, you know, missing three, four foot putts and, you know, coming very, very close to qualifying, but that was the sort of hurdle that I couldn't get myself over. And, you know, we're talking the late nineties here. So golf psychology, sports psychology was still kind of evolving. And, and, you know, I think generally it helped me, right. I, I continue to get better year over year, but not in those critical moments, not in those, uh, when those big putts kind of mattered and made the difference. And, and so I kind of just started to reason, you know, I'm probably not alone in struggling to kind of get over that hump. And and if I can find answers, I either have a career or I've fixed my own issues and I can, you know, try to play golf professionally. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I basically got a, a counseling uh, degree, a master's degree in counseling psychology, spent two years, 3,200 hours, basically training to be a therapist, you know, a shrink, but never intending to practice. I wanted to combine the skill set of a therapist with, you know, the perspective of a sports psychologist and try to combine those two and create a different sort of perspective. Um, Once I got my license, quit my job, moved out to Arizona and started working with golfers and beginning to kind of build my system, build my practice. And, you know, it was relatively successful, worked with, you know, a a gal that won on the LPGA tour and, you know, had a roster of some junior players, one of which is, you know, kind of on the cusp of making the PGA tour now 12 years later, which is pretty cool. Um, and, and so, but like, I just, I was having a hard time, like really getting um, enough golfers to, to commit to the program, uh, you know, kind of long enough. And, and I ironically started to find a, some opportunity in professional poker. I met a poker player who 
used to be a professional golfer, he sort of just automatically understood the necessity of this because he always wanted to have somebody like me in his golf career, but just didn't have the money to afford it. Um, and he was making twenty to thirty thousand dollars a month uh, playing online poker, but he was having massive tilt issues. He was like quite literally like smashing his his mouse, uh, ripping the desktop out of the wall and smashing it in the corner. Um, and so soon after he hired me, not only had his tilt issues gone away, but he was he was able to play a lot more volume and ended up making around $600,000 in the four months after we started working together. And of course, there's a little bit of good luck in that, right? But, you know, even if we chop it in half, he still, you know, was effectively like, you know, two to three Xing his profitability just because he was playing more and and able to play better. And so I just sort of saw the kind of open runway that existed within professional poker to, you know, there's nobody, there was no competition. It was just basically me kind of coming into the market with this sort of perspective and, you know, it kind of took off and then, you know, poker players started, uh, sorry, a trader started buying my first poker book. And then, you know, esports pops up as, as uh, a former uh, uh, poker player kind of introduced me to team liquid and the, the co-owners of, of team liquid and, so yeah, so basically was able to start kind of translating my material from golf to poker to trading to esports and you know, I've got a kind of random bunch of other people that I work with too. Just jumping in here folks with a quick message from my sponsor Sage Strategies. Now, you might already know the boundaries of trading are expanding faster than ever. But you may not know that there's still time to take advantage of these opportunities. With my sponsor Sage Strategies, you can instantly access institutional grade algorithms that have been robustly tested by their team of experts. Their strategies provide fully automated responses to market opportunities in real time, which allow you to trade beyond human limitations. Go and check them out at sagestrategies.io or click the link in the description. Awesome. Now, just random question: What's what's tilt in poker? I've got no idea. Tilt is basically getting pissed off and doing, making a bunch of dumb, dumb mistakes. Okay. Um, you know, so the, the term kind of originates from uh, pinball and, and pinball, you know, you can quite literally tilt the machine when you get pissed off that, you know, things aren't happening the way you want to. And so, you know, tilt generally is kind of referred to, you know, you're basically uh, steaming mad. You're, you know, uh, a fun term is called raging monkey tilt. Uh, where basically not only are you making a bunch of bad mistakes, but you're making a spectacle of yourself. Like you're hooting and hollering, you're, you know, pissing people off. And, you know, obviously as a poker player, you'll, you'll happily sit down next to that guy. Cause he's just going <laughs> to oh, yeah, start, dump, me... start dumping money. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. That, that's, that's perfect. I've never heard of that term before. Um, so, so, okay. So you, you got into trading. I mean, first of all, I suppose, let's just get a bit of a background in terms of how, how you found that transition of, Taking something from like esports and golf or poker to trading. I mean, what what was the were, were there any challenges to try and get the mindset stuff right? So it's all the same stuff. At the end of the day, the challenge for me early on was: can I understand enough about the competitive environment as a trader? Uh, understand the demands that you you all go through in order to kind of know how my material fits. And so, you know, in the early days, it was a lot of traders who were coming to me for 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 coaching after having read the poker book, and they would say, look you just change the word poker to trading and, and all of the, all of that stuff applies. So, you know, the parallels were there. And then, you know, as I kind of worked with more traders and kind of started to understand the nuances, it's like, yeah, there's a lot of similarities, especially the, you know, dealing with variance and short term, you know, the lack of proper feedback in terms of your results. Like it, it's, if you're not properly prepared for that, that alone can be maddening. It can cause greed and FOMO and anger and confidence issues and discipline issues. Like, just because you're not understanding the, the the probabilities and you know variances as it plays out in trading, 
the difference though is that uh as a poker player you know you might be playing one game you know after betting a, a couple rounds of betting and then the second rounds of betting all of a sudden you're playing an entirely different game and you don't even know it right and so of course you lose because right like market conditions can change on a dime it's like basically the rules of the game have changed you know the the, the variables within poker are are more known so you know that alone creates more certainty i think uh you know the, the, the demands of what traders need to have in terms of their kind of psychological mental strength, I think is even greater than, than poker players do regardless of the money, right? It's, it's just the uncertainty that exists in the markets um, and the ways in which, you know, you could do a lot of things right for a long time and just get completely uh, destroyed is I think is, uh, and, and not to mention, right. Your ability to scale up. Like I, I can't as a poker player be playing for, you know, sit down at a table with a thousand bucks and then all of a sudden lose a hundred, right? <laughs> you know, you start leveraging things as a, as a trader, it, it can spiral out of control if you're not properly risk managed, you know, that can't really happen in, in, in poker the same way. So, you know, the, the potential for, for real damages is a lot greater in trading. Hey, you ever wonder what broker I use? Well, I use Hanko Trade. It was a no-brainer because I was looking for a broker with good trading conditions and no restrictions on trading my strategies. But one of the main reasons was their raw ECN spread, which could challenge any other broker you're trading with. Learn more at hankotrade.com or click the link in the description. Okay, and so, so I mean, you, you, I suppose if you do, if you break things down as a trader into all the different uh, buckets that or things that can happen to you from a mindset point of view that, that are detrimental. I mean, what are the, have you got like any buckets that you could sort of pigeonhole things into that, that could be, I suppose, individual issues that you could then work on? So effectively for me, there's five um, and they're all outlined in the book. Um, the first one is greed, fear, uh, anger, which, you know, is correctly called tilt in the book. Um, confidence issues, which is going to include overconfidence and lacking confidence. Uh, and then discipline. Uh, and those are kind of the five. And we, you can pretty much categorize any, any issue that a trader is going to experience and put it into those, any of those five buckets. Uh, now, the one bucket that's a little fuzzy is greed. Um, and the reason it's fuzzy is because uh, if we separate out greed as a societal, philosophical concept, like how much is enough, right? If we just forget that, right? And, and we treat trading like a sport then in my mind, greed goes from like a, a, a it, it sort of turns into a performance-based problem that is solely due with you violating your, your, your rules or your system, uh, trying to, to kind of maximize profitability in, in like an incorrect way. And it would be the equivalent of, you know, let's say, uh, 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 you know, an American football player uh, trying to fall on a fumble or trying to pick up a fumble and run with it rather than just falling on it. Or, you know, a golfer trying to hit a shot that's just a bit too aggressive based on the situation and it kind of bites them in the ass, right? That That's what we're talking about here. We're not talking about this sort of big global problem. We're just saying, dude, you made a mistake, right? You went after more than was re really custom for. But the thing is, I can't say what was greedy for you, right? You have to say, yeah, that was a violation Clearly, it was it was too much because there are a lot of situations where there's gray here. It's like, yeah, you have a sense that this thing could take off, so yeah, you're going to move your profit target. And if you if your intuition is correct, then that was the right thing to do. But then there's going to be other times where it was like, okay, that actually wasn't intuition. That was you just trying to force something for a different reason. And so the reason I frame that all that way is because when we start to look at why 
you would violate your system or your strategy, the underlying flaws associated with greed are not unique to greed. They actually fall into the other four categories. And so, because you can't, you, you can't solve greed by trying to make yourself less greedy because that's like be, saying, I want you to be less ambitious. Your job is to make money, right? We would never say to Tiger Woods, Serena Williams, you know, uh, the All Blacks, like, stop winning, right? Don't win so much. Yeah. Like, hell no. Like, we, we, we love you the fact. Everything. Yeah. yeah, you want to win everything. And that's, you would never say that that's greedy. So it's not greedy to want money. It's greedy to violate your system in a way that actually is going to cost you money. Okay. And so, so I mean, if you're going to be working with somebody on, like, the issue of greed, I mean, what, what would you, what would you sort of first, what information would, be, would you be looking for initially? I want to I want to understand exactly what's going through your mind at the time that it occurs and and possibly kind of right before it because that that will kind of give us the markers of 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 like what what is underlying this right because a lot of times what we see is it's actually about anger right you you're seeking greed to make up for a loss right like you just got stopped out in a couple of bullshit ways and now all of a sudden you know a position's taking off and you're like all right cool I can make all of it back right here and, and so then it's like, okay, it's actually not about greed here. It's actually about anger and trying to make up for, you can't make up for it, right? You, you cannot make up for lost money. That is a fa- factual impossibility. It's gone, right? Mm. So that would be one thing. Um, you know, sometimes it can be for a lack of confidence, um, right? And now all of a sudden you're looking for money to make you feel a little bit better about yourself, to make you feel, you know, especially this is an issue with, you know, I'd say not the newer traders, but like the guys that have been, or women have been trading for two to three, four years, you know, they're beginning to kind of get some competency, but they're, you know, still kind of going through some ups and downs and it's kind of teetering whether they're going to actually be able to make it. And, you know, maybe they've got a second job and, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's not, it's not guaranteed that this is going to be, you know, their profession. So, so now they're seeking that win to kind of build some, you know, kind of buffer in their confidence account, so to speak, right? Um, other times it's overconfidence, just like you you are so convinced that you're right, you can't see the possibility of being wrong. So yeah, you know, going after all that or jumping into this into this position that you see moving, it makes perfect sense to you in that moment, you know, but but you're we're we're not you don't get paid for making predictions, right? You, you get paid uh for sorry, you don't get paid for making prognostications. You get paid for actually just estimating where where your edge is and you know having that play out over time. So having an excessive conviction can be a flaw, you know that causes that greed. And and all of that can be kind of deduced through, you know, beginning to get a sense of how you're thinking and what what's going on in those moments. And all of this is laid out in the book. I think that's the hardest thing for for traders to kind of know is like how do you kind of assess what's going through your mind and then kind of match it up into the right bucket. And the book goes through that in, in pretty pretty exquisite detail. Okay, and, and like if the, I mean, if there was one thing you'd sort of say, look, you know, this is something you could walk away with today and just try to to reduce the greed you've got, but still have that, you know, um, I suppose desire to win uh, or to it or make money out of trading. How what what would be one thing you'd sort of say, hey guys, this is something you could think about? Yeah, I'd say the the fastest way you can begin making progress is actually just have like a notepad next to you. And, and when you begin to have those impulses or those thoughts that are greedy, write them down, right? If you can catch it before it happens, then, you know, kudos to you. If it happens afterwards, don't get pissed off about it, right? Uh, be a detective, not a dick, mm. okay? 
So make some notes about what just happened so you can see uh, the escalation of it, you know, because the, the good thing is that these kind of mental and emotional signals, and I use that word specifically, they, these signals happen in very consistent patterns, which is exactly what you guys are looking for when it comes to trading, right? You're looking at the patterns in the market and you're finding where the opportunity lies. So for me, right, we, we try to map the way that our thinking exists the types of mistakes that you're going to make, the change in your perception of the market or the change in your perception of your strategy, any physiological symptoms, right? So, you know, maybe when you start to get greedy, you know, your heart rate increases or you get a little sweaty or you, you feel like kind of that, that itchy, eager, you know, feeling, write all that down, right? Because then the next time around, you're going to have some things to look out for. And if one of those thoughts that pop up or, you know, you recognize that you're, you're, change, you're thinking differently about, you know, a particular position, like for example, all of a sudden now you, you stop thinking about, uh, you know, making a certain return. Now you're just thinking about the absolute money. It's like, oh man, I'm going to make X amount. If you start thinking about money in those terms, that could be a pretty good signal. And if you hear yourself actually, or you not hear yourself, but if you, you can recognize that you're thinking that way, now all of a sudden it's like, all right, well, clearly I'm greedy because I would not, you know, be thinking about that, you know, if I was in my right mind. And this is great, great, uh, thing to do i think is just having a pad there and and writing stuff down and i suppose even if you don't know what you're doing right even if you don't know what you're writing down if you're writing stuff down you might actually realize what's going on where because i think for for me anyway like my issue is i just don't i don't pick it up early enough i don't notice it and it just creeps in there like sneaks in and sort of um grabs you before you can do anything about it and it's like ah and you look and it might be a day or two i'll look back and go hang on a sec what did I do that for? And yeah. it's like your, your, your subconscious is tricking you. Uh. It is, yeah. And, and I think what's, what's tricky is that like the mind, like when you have thoughts, sometimes they're not like kind of, it's hard to kind of test them in reality. Like they, it's almost like the mind is like a world unto itself. And, you know, I think the easiest way for some people to recognize this is if you've ever thought you had like a, this like amazing idea and then you said it out loud and you're like, wow, that was pretty dumb, right? That, that's the kind of thing like, like you sort of need to kind of bring it into reality. Like the, mm. the thoughts that you're typically having when, when your emotions are kind of teetering, they, they need to be kind of brought into re- real terms. You gotta, you gotta say it out loud. You gotta write it down. If you get that kind of external feedback, cause when, you know, if you think about it, when you're writing something down, you're actually looking at it and that's different than when it's in your mind, you don't have the ability to like stick a mirror in there yeah, and, and be able to see it. it's like, wow, this actually is, dumb like what what am i thinking and, and and you can do that once you actually kind of get it out of your head and what about for people that try and justify it to themselves so like you know you, you almost have that battle you know even though you can go and write it down and you can go okay this is what i'm about to do like say you, you know you lost two trades you've got one that's winning and it's probably going to get you a break even for the for the day or the week or whatever but you want to walk away from the day or the week with some profit which means breaking the rules and you're now having a battle with yourself trying to justify hey you know can i you know i don't want to i don't want to break even i want to which is what i'd get i want to i want to make some money how, how does somebody overcome that so that now we're kind of getting to the next level where we start to identify some of these underlying flaws right and so that's really kind of where the the bigger battle lies so in that line of thinking where you're asking something from the market that 
is not, it's not designed to give to you, right? That's not how you extract edge. So why would you do that, right? You do that because, as you said, I want to profit. Well, why do you, why would you want to profit in that way? If you were to consistently make money that way, then you should either adapt your strategy because that's more advantageous or you're getting butt-ass lucky and you're actually now at risk of blowing up in the wrong direction because you're actually, you know, uh, violating your rules and system. And so it's going to kind of bite you in the ass at some other point. So beginning to kind of just break down the faulty logic is, is how you can then create what I call an injecting logic statement. Um, it's something that you would write down. Cause again, this is going to happen repeatedly, right? Yeah. Okay. That scenario is not going to happen every week because you're not going to be in that situation, but other situations like it will be there. Um, but you write this, this phrase down, you, you actually learn it, you train it. Um, you know, you can have it as a sticky note if you want, but I think ultimately you want it to be kind of in your head so that now you kind of have a weapon that you can use in that moment when the faulty logic starts to pop up, you're like, hang on a sec, that's wrong. Here's the right way to think. And, and you can kind of bring yourself back down to some measurable, you know, uh, execution yeah. really okay cool and, and, and what about so you mentioned fear as well like uh opposite to i mean how does that how does it different from greed in terms of how people might you know find that that's being the the, the main thing that, that that's affecting them yeah so fear is is kind of fuzzy uh in a different way though um you know i mentioned early on you know kind of transitioning from poker to trading and seeing you know, the differences that exist in, in, in trading. Poker fear didn't exist. Nobody knew about it because everything to them was tilt, right? They didn't have a term. Yeah. Of course they did in reality, but was, they didn't, wasn't that coding there. When I talk to traders, I feel like everyone thinks they have fear. It's like, like, oh, you know, FOMO. It's like fear of missing out. It ain't fucking fear, man. Like you're not afraid of missing out. Like you're scared of it. It's just a term. And it's so like, it's just it's so overused. And the other thing is that, you take somebody who's transitioning from the sim to the live market, right? You take somebody who's a relatively newer trader and, and they experience a bunch of nerves and fear with their money on the line. Well, guess what? Welcome to competition. Okay. You know, you, you, you look at any professional athlete, if they're not experiencing nerves when they're competing, then, then they're one step from retirement because like they have no, there's just nothing for them anymore. Right you need to feel that intensity. You need to have those nerves. They're, they're part of the game, especially when it's your freaking money on the line. Right. You know, I'd love to see PGA tour players have to fork over 50 K in the first tee. Like that would make for some interesting golf. <laughs> yeah. Right. So my point is like, we can kind of overestimate the extent to which fear exists in trading, right? When you're transitioning from the sim to the live market, you need to experience, like it's different. They're, they're not the same. They never will be right? Playing a practice round is not playing a perfect, like a pressure, a professional round of golf. Those are two different things. They will never be the same. Okay. So, and then the other thing is that when you're a newer trader, your system is not sophisticated enough yet. So because of that, there is inherently more uncertainty, right? There's inherently more unknowns in terms of reading what the hell is going on with the market to know where, you know, you actually can make some money. And that uncertainty heightens the anxiety. It heightens those nerves. Mm. And all of that is legitimate, right? There's a story about uh, a client that I worked with right at the beginning of the fear chapter. And, and 
he made a lot of progress the second that he realized, and obviously I told him this, uh, that for him right now, trading was 90% technical, right? Yeah. He was having a lot of hesitation getting into these positions. And, and so all the hesitation were all these like, what if questions? Like, what if this happens? What if? It turned out he actually had to answer all those questions. And in doing that answering, his system got so much more tight, so much more refined. It became a lot easier for him to be precise in his in his entries. And so all the fear went away because now he knew what to expect of himself. So that's sort of the kind of the big, you know, uh, you know, kind of overall here. But as we dig a bit deeper and we say, okay, so now none of those things are true. I'm actually still dealing with, you know, some fear. How do you know that? Well, here are the kind of the big, the big symptoms to look out for. Overthinking is a big one, right? So if you are having excessive frequencies of doubt and hesitation and, and questions either, you know, before getting in a trade, once you get in one, right, there's, there's always the, you know, is this right? And the second guessing and you see it, you know, kind of racing towards your stop loss and you're panicked and right. All of that is, is probably some fear, right? Then we've got risk aversion, right? You're, you're not scaling up to the size of what you, you know, sort of see these opportunities to be right. I mean, you should be putting on four X what you are and you're only, you know, or you're, that's a, that's a big one. Um, not trusting your gut, I think, is another another big one. Um, you know, I- I- intuition and I- is a tough one, right? Because as a trader, you want to be making kind of well thought out logical decisions, and here you have this sense of what's right, and you want to trust it, right? But you know, kind of getting over getting that over that threshold is is sometimes tough. So those are kind of some of the big symptoms to look out for. And you know, if we kind of start breaking out like the the, the smaller buckets, we're looking at the fear of losing, the fear of mistakes, uh, and the fear of failing. Those are kind of the big ones. Like I said, uh, FOMO is a technically a a problem. I mean, I I do put it in the fear chapter, but mostly to say, yeah, this is just a big, you know, kind of umbrella term that's almost meaningless because it's not fear. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is, it is like fear. Yeah. It's not really fear, is it? It's sort of like, you're just not, it's disciplined really, isn't it? Because you're not disciplined to follow your it, it can be uh, sometimes it's it's um it's actually a hatred of losing okay so let's say you miss out yeah well now you're pissed off yeah so yeah, so the exactly, fear of yeah. the, fe- the fear of missing out is really the avoidance of hating losing yeah 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 i could i could yeah <laughs> it's, it's, so, it's so multi-dimensional um what about till what about like i mean do you do you, do you notice much of that uh in in trading in the trading world where people are like literally getting furious and and to the point of, you know, throwing keyboards across the room and what have you? I do, yes. I mean, more so in the retail space. Um, institutional traders, just because of the nature of the environment, don't because they'll get fired. <laughs> you know? right, I yeah. mean, unless they're the best trader on the desk, then, yeah. you know, you know, they're not going to be too happy when, you know, monitors get tossed and things like that happen. So just the nature kind of makes them sort of suppress it. But, um, yeah, I mean, and, and, and saying that, like, sometimes the, the tilt, you know, is very kind of big. But the but the people that I worry about more is are is the ones that sort of have this like seething anger that just is like so bottled up and locked up and you just don't see it right. So what happens for them is, you know, their brain just shuts off and then they do a bunch of dumb shit um, that they know and they're going to feel regret for instantly afterwards. But they just can't help themselves mm. uh, because the emotion has just completely hijacked their ability to think. 
and and they're just gone. Um, but yeah, no, anger is anger is a big problem. I think um, you know one of the biggest ones is uh, the self criticism that comes after mistakes, um, especially mistakes that you sort of quote like know better than. And and you know one of the one of the big things I think is really important for those who are not you know that well versed in in you know kind of trading psychology is that the emotional system has the power to shut down higher brain function, which means basically your ability to make decisions is going to shrink, right? The, the, the mind only has so much space to think. And they, they did the research um, uh, back in the 1930s on this. Uh, and, and the reason that at least in the US, why we had seven digits for a phone number originally is because people by and large had the ability to remember between five and nine pieces of information at one time. Right. So the space in your mind where you're thinking, that's the limitation that exists within the brain. It's not like it's not infinite. There are ways of kind of circumventing it. But but the point is that as the emotional system gets overactive, you know, that average of seven goes down to five and then four and then three. And then for the seething, you know, raging tilters, it goes to zero and you're not thinking at all. And so as that, you know, emotional system kind of shuts all that down, you are compelled to make mistakes that violate your rules. And, and, you know, a lot of traders will, will sort of falsely conclude that this is a discipline problem. Uh, it's like, oh, I need to be better disciplined. No, you need to stop being so fucking emotional. That's the problem because you, your, your mind has lost the ability to be in control. Mm. And so you're, you're going to make those mistakes. So I think the self-criticism comes in because you don't understand that, right? And so you're just pissed off at yourself. Like, how could I be that dumb? It's not, it's not a question of intelligence, right? It's a question of, are you aware of the emotion that has hijacked your mind? Mm. And, and it, I mean, how do, you, how do you help somebody in that situation? Very similar to what I was talking about with the greed. Um, you know, you got to recognize the early signs because once the emotional system is shut, da- shut that down, you got to do something dramatic, right? You got to take a break. You got to go for a walk. You got to do something off the desk. And that sucks, right? You want to have as much time as possible in front of the, in front of the the, uh, the charts, so the key is being able to again take those notes down, identify the early warning signs, find figure out what the hell is causing it, develop some logic that can keep your shit together when you know the 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 the, the emotions are still small. That that is how you can fight this battle. You know, if you if you take the battle to when things are big, you know, you might as well bring like a freaking water gun to a gunfight. Yeah, yeah, um, and, and the, like you, so you mentioned confidence as well and i think confidence is one of those sort of underlying things in fact i haven't i don't hear a lot of people talk about it when they're talking about you know the mindset side of trading so so you've obviously got it in here as one of your key pillars i mean what what's what's the sort of view your view on confidence and and being a good trader yeah so i think the way that confidence is spoken about and incorrectly is that confidence is like you need it to be a good trader and that's that's completely false like you need to be competent, right? More than you need to be confident. Confidence, very simply, is just your perception of your own skill, okay? So you can have overconfidence and you think too highly of what you're capable of. And then on the flip side, you can be underconfident and think too less of, of what you're actually capable of. And at the end of the day, right? Like it's your skill that's that's gonna matter most. That's That's what's going to extract the edge from the market. The problem is, that if you think too highly of yourself, you're going to be more aggressive. 
And then if you think too less of yourself, you're not going to be aggressive enough. And so you're not going to be able to extract as much edge, you know, as you possibly could. So you want to, you know, it's, it's functionally impossible to know exactly what your edge is, unless you're, you know, you're trading a very kind of, you know, kind of binary scalping type system. That's just, these you know, like, you know, but for most traders, if there's any amount of discretion, then it's impossible to know exactly what your edge is. So we're just trying to kind of keep it within the sort of normal range that allows you to, to just execute the best you can. And for me, you know, if we were to sort of scale it where like a hundred was just like blindly overconfident, like, you know, the, 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 the people that go on, you know, like these like reality shows thinking they're like a great singer and they're just awful. Right. Like, and then on the flip side, you got somebody that's at, the, at a zero that they think so low of themselves, even though they're actually quite competent to me, the ideal is 51. Right. <laughs> right. I, I want you to be just a little bit overconfident because why not assume that you're a little bit better than you are yeah. because it's going to get you to push some edges in ways that you, you know, uh, so that to me is like what, what confidence ideally should be. It should be this sort of stabilizer for your mentality because you kind of know what you got, but you know, for a lot of traders, it's, you know, for a lot of reasons, um, you know, their, their confidence automatically gets pulled, uh, in two directions. And I'll give you one example, uh, which is a common one, which is a high expectations or perfectionism. Um, you know, I would never say that having high expectations is a bad thing. Okay. They're an incredible driver of success, but people typically use it for motivational purposes but they don't understand how it can sometimes damage confidence. Mm -hmm. So for example, you know, over time, as you are underperforming your expectation, you're going to feel like crap. It's going to feel bad to underperform your expectation. And, and so then over time, what happens is you get people who are incredibly successful, incredibly talented traders work their asses off and they're not quite getting, you know, the sort of internal pats in the back that say, yeah, man, good job. Good job. And like, have that maintain some accuracy of where they're at. They're still making good money, mm. right? But not to the level they expected. And so over time, their confidence actually degrades a little bit and, and they start to become more risk averse. They start to become a bit more fearful um, and, and, and problems emerge from that. So, you know, it, of course it doesn't have to happen to all traders, but, but that's a common one. Um, and then on the flip side, you get traders who, you know, they're not really that, that well-versed in variance. And so, they get lucky in some really big positions um, and, and they don't realize that that wasn't all them. And so now all of a sudden their perception of their own ability is, is just outsized. And now, you know, these are the ones who are at risk of kind of blowing up. Cool. Right. Um, now, what about the discipline? That, that's the other sort of key element to your, your bucket of things. I mean, how do you, I suppose we, we all know what discipline is, but I mean, how do you sort of, how do you how do you help somebody with discipline? Because it it seems easy, right? It seems easy, but for some reason, a lot of people struggle with it. Yeah, I mean, the the first thing that you got to rule out is that's not emotion, right? So I said before, right? Emotion is going to rise too high. It's going to force you to violate your strategy, and so that's going to appear like a discipline problem when really it's an emotional problem. So let's assume that you've kind of done, done your due diligence. Like, no, okay, emotion's not the problem. It's just my discipline. Well, you got to train it. And I think people typically think of discipline as being something you either have or you don't. And that's not the way, that's not the case at all. It's more like a muscle that you got to train and develop. And, and so what, let's just say hypothetically, 
over the course of a week, you take 50 trades on average, right? You know, day trader. Um, and, and, you know, on average, you're going to move your stop loss five times and you're going to move your profit target five times, right? So that's roughly like a, what is that? Like a 20% error rate in terms of your discipline, right? You know, 10% for each one. So does that mean week two, it's going to go to zero? Hell no, right? We want to see the numbers decrease as a percentage. So, you know, you got yourself a baseline. Now check, check the boxes. Every time you do it, check the box, right? Literally write down, okay, you know, I got one. All right. I got three more. I can allow myself this week. Yeah. You know, and, and you, and you are going to kind of push yourself like you're in the gym fighting for those extra reps. Cause you all know, I mean, if you're, if you're working out in the gym and you're doing what's easy, you build nothing, right? It's when it's hard, that's when you build muscle. So to build discipline, you have to force yourself to follow your strategy and execute your system when it's hard. That's where you build the muscle. Now, you don't have to do it infinitely. I'm not asking you to do, you know, to get rid of all five moves of that stop loss right, right out of the gate. But you got to get rid of one this week. And then next week, maybe you get rid, of, get rid of the second one. And then, you know, six weeks go by and all of a sudden the problem's gone. Right? That's how you build it. But, but too often traders say, oh, okay, I know exactly what I should do. And I'm going to do that all the time. No, you're not. You're not. Like, that's just not how it works. I like that. I really do like that because it's, it's probably the best way I've heard that explained in terms of how to try and overcome discipline. I mean, people say you've got to be disciplined, um, but they don't back it up with anything. So that's absolutely fantastic, guys. Definitely use that, I think, going forward. Um, I plan to uh, do it as well. Now, uh, probably last question of the show is really just, so there's a lot of other you know famous trading psychology books out there. Uh, have you read... Mark Douglas, uh, trading in the zone. That that one always gets mentioned on my show. So I'm wondering if you've read that, and then whether or not you've got any sort of views on some of the stuff in that book. So I, what I would say generally is that um, I think it's a very good primer as, for newer traders, like to kind of understand just the fundamental nature of like what the hell you're getting yourself into, right? And and I think for that reason, it it provides a lot of good theory and philosophy, you know, about what it means to be a trader. Um, and where it falls short and where my book picks up is, you know, in, in practicality, right? Like, how are you going to actually, you know, sort of take the next step? I think for a lot of traders who, you know, been successful and, and I, I say very clearly at the start of the book, this book is for traders who have an edge, uh, right. And they, they understand where that edge is. Now, if you don't have an edge or you're not, you know, ha having it show up, uh, because you recognize that you've got all this emotional stuff that's, or this discipline problems that are, that you think are the cause of why you're not profitable, you know, then, then the book can help you, but it's really not for beginners. Right. And I think a, a beginner trader would be better served reading Mark's book first. And then if they're, if they are going to pick up my book, that they should look at how these issues have previously showed up in other performance environments, right? Because you're too new of a trader to kind of know, where what is actually mental from you and how much your emotions are out of whack because you're just not a good trader yet. <laughs> and so, you know, for me, I, I look at, you know, the mental game of trading being the book that really is going to help traders that are successful, that want to be more so that are profitable ish, that want to be more so that are struggling to kind of get over the hump and know that they've got a strategy or system that that's the difference because there's a lot of, you know, kind of problems that are solved in very, very kind of precise terms, very surgical terms, 
with a ton of practical strategy advice. The, the whole thing is a system for how to actually solve these problems. It's not a collection of advice. And I'm not denigrating the other trading psychology books that are out there, you know, Mark's included, because I think a lot of the material is good. But what it lacks is some kind of coherence for how to put it all together and to make it systematic so that you're not just learning how to solve this problem, but you're learning how to solve problems mentally and emotionally. If you learn that, it's a lot like kind of, you know, teaching somebody how to fish, you know, and, and as a trader, that's what you want. You want to develop a system that's going to allow you to continue to evolve as the markets evolve. You don't want to learn a system that if it breaks, you're, you're screwed. Cause then what, like now you're, now you got to go pay somebody, you know, X amount and you got to go study again. And, you know, of course there's always going to be learning, but you know, you want to have control of your own destiny in your own hands. And, and that's kind of what this system weighs out is like, it, it becomes a tool that you can continue to wield as you evolve as a trader. Cause you're never going to solve the side of the game, right? You will always have mental and emotional weaknesses, right? What we hope is that those mental and emotional weaknesses are a lot less weak than they were previously yeah i think what what a lot of people struggle with is and this is around the whole sort of mindset side of things is they don't know if their system if their system has lost the edge or if it's something that's going on with their mindset and i mean is there any way you sort of like help people through that process of working out or in fact what you've got here is just not working anymore um versus it's a mindset thing and it's probably affecting your mindset because it's not working is that is that something you come across absolutely yeah i mean it's it's a harder one to kind of tease out right because there's a there, now we're in a situation where there's more uncertainty but the to some extent this is why it's actually really important to work on this stuff when things are going well because you'll establish a foundation of kind of internal understanding about how you're thinking just generally and then like in these small ways that you know you're 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 um you might become a little bit fearful, a little bit angry, or a little bit lost, you know, overconfident, lack of confidence, whatever. Like if you start identifying those small markers, that is going to, what typically is going to show up in a bigger form when the markets change and your strategy stops working, all that stuff is just going to get amplified. And, and so you will know more, more precisely if you're losing because that stuff actually has gotten bigger and it's based off of something that you've already mapped and you've already understood about yourself. You know, if you kind of go in there blind, then it is going to be, I mean, I, I've worked with people who, you know, kind of come to me off the street and they're like, I'm really struggling. And it's like, I, I, there's a limit to how much I can help you with. I'm not going to work on your, your trading strategy. I'm the last person you'd want to get advice on that from. Right. And, and so, you know, it, it, it is very difficult to kind of tease out those differences and it's oftentimes painful, but you can avoid a lot of that pain by doing the due diligence beforehand. Okay, cool, cool, cool. And um, uh, last question of the show. I mean, it's, I always ask these uh, ask guys, you know, who come on the show this question. I wonder if your answer is going to be a bit different because I know you've sort of come covered a lot of th- stuff here today, and uh, it's probably condensing it down to to give the listeners one thing that they should focus on to try and help improve their mindset over the next month. Out of all the things that you talked about today, what's the one thing they could do? Hey, just do this one thing. To tr- and it should at least get you from A to B with with your mindset or at least improve it somehow. Yeah, I mean, I, so I, I, I guess I would kind of re- re- repeat the, the writing and the taking of the notes. Um, you know, if you've not worked on this 
side of the game like as effectively as you could have before, that is the easiest, most simple way to begin and to begin having something that can have an impact, right? As, as you kind of noted for yourself. Um, second to that, um, it would be writing down those kind of bits of logic. I think sometimes, um, you know, we sort of sp- spoke earlier about how, you know, the mind is going to shut down, you know, your ability to think. Sometimes you, 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 your emotions get out of control because you forget things you already know, right? But you actually haven't mastered yet. So when you're in this sort of middle zone of like learning new aspects, maybe of your strategy, or maybe just of sort of how you ought to be handling things like with discipline in particular, if you just write it down, learn it, train it, review it before you, before the, the day starts, you kind of weaponize a little bit, right? You, you strengthen that logic such that it has a stronger impact on your mind. So, you know, I've, I've talked about variance a bunch of times. You know, but let's say, you know, you do get stopped out a couple times in a row and, 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 you know, you get pissed off by it, but you're forgetting, you know, that your win ratio is, you know, around 53%, right? It's like, well, yeah. Can two of those happen? Yes. But in that moment, you're just forgetting. And so it's not about having to like reinvent the wheel here. It's about actually just training knowledge that you already have to the point where it's, it's just automatic. Mm. Right. And, and when you train to that level, you act, it actually gets trained in a place called procedural memory and procedural memory exists below the emotional system. Okay. So when you look at what, what great traders have, right. And, and all of you can think about this right now. What, what are the things that you do and think about automatically that you never have to think about again? doesn't matter how pissed off you are. doesn't matter how fearful you are. You will continue to understand these things about the market, about your system, right? About yourself. Uh, and so all you're trying to do is train some of those basic ideas to that level. And if you do that, you're just not going to get pissed off because you get stopped out twice, right? It, sometimes we just get emotional because we forget things that are, are pretty basic, but but just need to be better trained. Cool. Cool. Awesome stuff. Well, guys, you got you got some work set out for you there. Uh, now, look, before we wrap up, what's the best way for the guys to get hold of you? Yeah, uh, jaredtendler.com uh, is my website. Um, got a ton of free content on there, including worksheets that you can download um, from the book. If you know, you're know you interested in the book and you're not ready to buy, uh, you can download the first chapter. Uh, you know, Just kind of click through to the, to the book page. Um, you know, I've got some old, old podcasts that I've done a while ago. There's a ton of content there, written a blog. Um, you can also go to Twitter, at uh, Jared Tendler. Uh, those are probably the two best ways to interact with me. Brilliant. Well, look, a big thank you to Jared for sharing with us today. Everything we've discussed here with all those links are going to be in the show notes. To find them, simply search for Jared in the search box on tradingnut.com. Until next time, wish all my listeners trading happiness and success. All right, guys, so there we have it. Interview done and dusted. Do remember, we've got semifinals of Trader versus Trader coming up, so do check that out. We've got those amazing videos over there on the channel, so if you haven't gone and checked that out, please go and do that. And last but not least, uh, we've got a video dropping this week with Matthew Todd where he breaks down market structure. So if you want a very mechanical way of understanding how market structure works, then this video is for you. Uh, And last but not least, Robot Builders Club. If you do want to come on board my Robot Builders Club, I'm still taking members. So no coding required, remember. And it's a video course, VIP community, chat, 30 plus ready-made robots when you join as well. So guys, go and check it out all over there on tradingnut.com. And I'll see you in the next one.